Welcome to our study on trusting God. This week we are looking at trusting God for who you are. Now if somebody was to describe you, what would they say? How would they describe you? Who are you? A lot of times we are described by our physical appearance, right? Whether we're short or tall and the different features that we have. And society today puts so much emphasis on how we look that we end up striving to change our appearance. Another way we are described is by our emotional state. Whether we're joyful, sorrowful, disturbed, or angry, just to name a few. We may also be described by our vocation. What we do, whether we work outside of the home or whether we're a housewife. There's a lot of labels that we put on ourselves and on others, isn't there? There are some people who seem to be happy all the time. And then there are others whom, when you see them, you just want to turn and walk away. You know the saying, some people brighten a room when they enter and others brighten it when they leave. Well, there's a lot of labels like this that we can put on people. And depending on the time of day and what is happening, we put labels on ourselves, whether they're good or bad. There's a lot of labels, isn't there? Whether good or bad, they can cover up who we really are, what our true selves are. And only in looking to Christ can we see who we truly are in Him. Colossians 3.10 says, And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. The believer's nature, his new nature, resembles a growing plant that grows stronger and stronger in a continuous advancing process. Ladies, scripture tells us that we are who we are because God himself created us the way we are. You know, David, he said in Psalms 139, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Ladies, God formed us as he wants us to be, and we must accept his will, no matter how we feel about our genetic structure, our looks, or our abilities. The Lord said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you. Think about that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And then it goes on to say, Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Notice that not only did God form him, but he also ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. Ladies, God created him the way he wanted him to be to fulfill a plan and a purpose that he had in his life. And we will talk more about Jeremiah in a little while. And Job, he also acknowledged God, that God created him. Let's turn over to Job chapter 10 and look at verses 8 through 11. It says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me in intricate unity, yet you would destroy me. 
Remember, I pray that you have made me like clay, and will you turn me into dust again? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and snooze. Ladies, that says it all. God created us. Job knew that God created him and that he could do as he pleased with him, didn't he? And then Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are Father, you are the clay, and you are potter, and all we are, the work of your hand. As the potter, God has shaped us into the vessel that he wants us to be, right? And he continues to shape us into the image of his son as we go day by day. When we talk about appearances, David was described in 1 Samuel as ready with beautiful eyes and handsome features. Let's turn over to to 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 12. It says, So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And then turn over just a page to seven, chapter 17 verse 42. It says, When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ready with a handsome appearance. Now, ready means red. And the, they used this in the Egyptian art. Used the red-skinned appearance. And this denoted a heroic quality of an individual. Well, the heroic quality of David here is denoted by mentioning that he had a ready appearance. So here we see that David was handsome, he had beautiful eyes, and a heroic quality about him. Well, let's look at verse 14 of Psalms 139, where David said, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. David here is not praising God because he was handsome. But he was praising him because he made him. Notice it says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't say, I praise you for making me handsome. And ladies, we need to dwell on that thought and not on thinking of just appearance in itself. We need to thank God for making us for who we are because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, down to every crooked nose, every pointed ear, every impaired eyesight and disability. God made us the way we are so that we can glorify Him. Now notice, Isaiah 53 verse 2 describes Christ's appearance. God didn't even make His own Son handsome in His human body. Let's look at that. It says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we see that we should desire him. Ladies, Christ was not physically attractive. 
He did not have a personality that would draw us to him. Nothing about his appearance was striking or majestic. And a lot of times you would think as a king of kings and lord of lords that he would be majestic. But his outward appearance, Jesus was just an average, ordinary person who would fit into any crowd and never attract attention. Ladies, the eternal God, who is infinite in his wisdom and perfect in his love, personally made you and me. He gave you the body, the mental abilities, and the basic personality that you have because that is the way he wanted you to be. He wanted you to just be that way because he loves you and he wants to glorify himself through you. This is the believer's foundation for self-acceptance. I am who I am because God sovereignly and directly created me to be who I am. Self-acceptance is basically trusting God for who I am. My disabilities or the physical flaws that I have, everything. If we have physical or mental disabilities or impairments, it is because God in his wisdom and love created us that way. We may not understand why God chose to do that, but that is where our trusting him has to begin, right? Well, my husband and I both have allergies and asthma, which has placed a lot of restrictions for us in life. But I realize that it is through these restrictions that God is leading us. Now, we cannot just move anywhere we want to without being really sick. Therefore, it helps to narrow down where God wants us to be. Now, we thought for years that we couldn't even have a pet because my husband and I are both allergic to animals and we get very sick and have asthma and and all the different problems. In fact, we tried to have a puppy when we first got married and had to return it due to asthma problems. But several years later, God receives all the glory for our precious little kitten, Sammy. It was by his grace, his love, that we were able to have him. When we talk about different disabilities, different flaws, we also have our emotional state where we feel inadequate sometimes. Well, Moses felt inadequate because he stuttered. And in Exodus 4.11, it says that the Lord told him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have it not I, the Lord? You remember the man that was born blind, right? We talked about him earlier. He was born blind and lived in blindness all the way into adulthood so that God's work might be displayed in his life. As we see in John chapter 9, verses 3. It said, Jesus answered when they were asking who sinned because of his blindness. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Ladies, you know, when I think of someone who glorifies God in her blindness, I think of Fanny Crosby. She lost her sight as a child, yet God allowed her to write many great hymns and poetry. And one of the fascinating things about her hymns is her frequent reference to sight. In one of the verses in her hymn, 
called My Savior First of All, she begins, Oh, the soul, thrilling rapture when I view his blessed face and the luster of his kindly beaming eye. Wow, what a vision that she had of God. This also reminds me of Job when he learned to have a heart knowledge of God and said, Now my eye sees thee. Well, Fanny, too, had a heart knowledge of God where she could see him with her soul. Fanny had a positive attitude about her disability and used it to glorify God. You remember we talked earlier about Jeremiah and how God had ordained him to be a prophet to the nations. Well, we now see in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10, that how God sovereignly is working out his plan. Let's look at that. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send to you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah felt inadequate, didn't he? To carry out what God had asked him to do. Because you understand, judgment had been placed upon the nation of Israel and Jeremiah was being sent to announce the judgment and warn the people. Well, Jeremiah was young and he felt very inadequate to go speak to men who were older than he was, wiser. Plus, he wasn't telling them good news he was bringing judgment and warning to the people. Well, the Lord gave Jeremiah the ability to do as he asked him to do. In fact, verse 9 states he put the very words in his mouth of what he wanted him to say. It would be a natural response to feel fearful. How many times have we come up against something that we were asked to do only to feel inferior and inadequate to carry out the task? But as we see here with Jeremiah, God told him not to be afraid that he was with him. Ladies, we need to be willing to take our physical limitations, our learning disabilities, and even our appearance problems to God and say, Father, I believe you created me just the way I am because you loved me and you want to glorify yourself through me. I will trust you for who I am. Now, unlike adversity, our disabilities and infirmities are always with us, right? So, we have to learn to trust God in this area continually. To do this, we have to learn to say with David, You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And then David goes on to say in Psalms 139 verse 16, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and your book were all written the days 
that were ordained for me, when as yet there was none of them. The Lord did more than design and form our bodies. He also planned and determined our day. Notice the verse says, In your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Ladies, this is important. All of the circumstances in our lives, from birth to death, the sudden and the unexpected, the turn of events, both good and bad, that occur in our lives, where we live, what we do, who we are, though they may seem happenstance to us, they were written in God's book. He planned them before one of them came to be. Well, I found this fascinating. There are actually three books that the scripture talks about. Here we have the book where God has written all the events in our lives before they even take place. We have also a book of life that we talked about last week where our names are written as children of God. And then there is a book of remembrance where God writes down every time we speak his name. Ladies, we serve an awesome God, don't we? God created us in our mother's womb exactly as he wanted us to be in order that we might fulfill his plan for us. Now, does God work on a whim and an impulse? No. God works according to his eternal purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And then just look down a couple more verses, and it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Ladies, God has our very days numbered. Let's turn over to Acts 17 and look at verse 26. It says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Think about that. God has determined our pre-appointed times and the boundaries of our dwellings. He sovereignly leads us to the very place we live, to the appointed times and boundaries of our dwellings. As we look at Job chapter 14, verse 5, we also see that not only does the Lord have a pre-appointed time for us to die, but he also places limits so that we do not go past that time. Let's look at that. It says, Since his days are determined and the numbers of his months is with you, you have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Ladies, the fact that God ordained our days for us should give meaning to every day. Not just the special or the exciting days of our lives, but every day is important for us because it is ordained by God. Even the most dull and tedious days of our lives are ordained by God and ought to be used by us to glorify him. Psalms 
118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Ladies, let's rejoice for the days that God has given us. The realization that God has ordained our days kind of leads us to logically ask the questions. Can I trust God to guide me in that plan? What if I make a mistake and miss the way? Well, let's look at what David said in Psalms 23, verse 2 and 3. It says, He makes me to lie down the green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of the righteous for his name's sake. The imagery here is that of a shepherd leading his sheep. The initiative is with the shepherd. He is the one who determines the watering places and guides the flock and thinks what's best for them. As our shepherd, God sovereignly leads us in the ways that he wants us to go also, doesn't he? He takes the initiative and leads us to the correct watering holes, to the correct pastures that he wants us to go. Now, does this mean that we will always make the right decisions in our lives when we reach those crossroads of life? Absolutely not. But God's plan is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he is faithfully guiding us through the right and wrong decisions to fulfill his plan and purpose in our life. Ladies, God doesn't play games with us. He doesn't look down from heaven at our struggles to know what his will is and say, well, I hope they make the right decision. No, he wills and in his time, according to his will, he will sovereignly lead us to ultimately fulfill his plan and purpose in our life. Ladies, we need to be in God's word, don't we? We need to be walking with him, praying, communicating on a daily basis so that we can hear our Savior's voice. For example, we read about Ananias in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. Now, you don't hear very many sermons about Ananias, and he doesn't receive a whole lot of credit or accolades, but God used him to fulfill his plan and purpose in the life of Saul of Tarsus. God instructs Ananias to go to Saul of Tarsus and place his hands on Saul's eyes to heal him. And Ananias was, well, he is naturally fearful as he knew Saul's reputation of killing Christians. And so you can just imagine when the Lord tells him to go and see Saul of Tarsus. Well, in verse 15, we see the Lord's response. It says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to hear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Notice that the Lord said, He is a chosen vessel of mine. Isn't that wonderful? We see here that God sovereignly was working in the life of Saul. He had already chose Saul to fulfill his plan and purpose. God had a plan for Saul, who later we know becomes Paul. And he used Ananias to fulfill his plan. Think about the blessings 
that Ananias received. He walked close to the Lord, and he knew his Savior's voice. Scripture says that the Lord called out to Ananias, and Ananias said, Here I am, Lord. So not only did he know his Savior's voice, but he was available to serve him. By doing what the Lord asked, by placing his hands on Saul's eyes, he also receives credit for all the souls that are touched by Paul, by the Saul of Tarsus who is killing Christians, now changed a new man in Christ. And Ananias had a part in that. Ladies, God fearfully and wonderfully made us as well as our disabilities and our impairments. He knit together our personalities. He gave us the abilities and the talents that we have to accomplish His plan in our life. He knew us before the foundation of the world and He wrote in His book the events and the circumstances of our life to fulfill His plan for us. So whatever struggles you have with your appearance, your personality, whether it's outgoing or introvert, whether you're rich or poor, through this lesson, please know that God made you the way you are for a very special reason, that you will glorify God in your life. If you are not thanking God and pursuing a deep personal relationship with Him, you need to do it. Don't wait. Do it today. Don't let those negative labels of life that come into your mind depress you. Remember, you are a child of the King. You are created by God with a plan and a purpose for your life. Live each day to glorify God. And at the end of the day, as you put your head on your pillow, praise God for the day that He just gave you. Ladies, next week we are going to be looking at Lesson 10 in our study guide as we continue with Chapter 12 of the book, Trusting God. Until then, God bless.